0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and today I have with me special guest Jason Vay, the owner of Elf Layer Games. Welcome.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, so it's great to have you. Uh, you've done a few things that some of our listeners may be familiar with. Could you give them a quick rundown of, of, of some of the things they might know from? the game world out there? (laughs) Sure.
1: Um, I started about 23 years ago. My first work was for Palladium Books. Um, I did a a source, an article for their Rifter series that turned into a source book for Nightbane called Shadows of Light. From there, I went to work for Eden Studios for a number of years. Um, I wrote a bunch of source books for All Flesh Must Be Eaten. I wrote Dungeons and Zombies and Band of Zombies and co-wrote All Tomorrow's Zombies. Uh, did some work on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer RPG, which is, and that's important because it's where I met Tim Brannon, who I co-wrote Night Shift with. From there, I went went on to work for Troll Lord Games and I'm a staff writer for them right now. So I do the entire Amazing Adventures game line is mine um, and I do a lot of work for Castles and Crusades. And now I have my own company, Elf Lair Games. I'm still working for Troll Lord, but I have my own company, Elf Lair Games, and our flagship game is uh, Night Shift, Veterans of the Supernatural Wars.
0: I'm curious to know a little bit about Night Shift. So the genre seems to be like when I look at it I think of shows like like uh, check. and I think of Supernatural and stuff like that. Um is kind of what I see when I look at it. Could you tell us what the idea behind it is setting wise and all and genre wise?
1: That's actually dead on. <laughs> so it started when I'm um, I have a wildly irregular blog called uh, The Wasted Lands Fantasy, where I do a lot of stuff about original Dungeons and Dragons and whatnot. And I had done a blog on there. I do a lot of blogs about how you don't have to reinvent the wheel to do what you want to do with old school games. So I've done blogs on how to run a science fiction game with AD&D and things like that. So I did this blog on how to do use original Dungeons and Dragons to run a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game. The next day, I get a message, a direct message on Facebook from Tim Brannon, who I worked with at... Who a lot of your listeners probably know he's, he's got a very popular blog. He's done all kinds. He's like the witch guy in the role-playing game. Yeah, <laughs> industry.
0: We've, a, we've actually, we haven't had him on. I, I, I'd like to try to approach him and talk to him, but we have reviewed the blog a few times. We do blog reviews occasionally. We've, we've definitely hit yeah. on a few of his blog posts there. <laughs>
1: yeah. He, he and I have been, have been friends for, for quite a while. Um, in fact, him and me and uh, a guy named Derek Stolting, Back in our Eden Studios days used to be called the Cabal because we were like the three guys on the message board that, you know. So, Tim, anyways, Tim sends me a message and says, dude, why are we not writing this game? (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. He's he's like, no, you know, nobody can do it the way that we can. We have to write this game. And I said, I have so much going on right now. I just don't know if I can get into another project. He's like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But Tim knew what he was doing because Tim knows me. And he knew that as soon as he put that worm in my ear that it was going to do something. So like a week later, I had the system half written. I messaged him back and I was like, all right, all right, let's do this. I said, but if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. I've had Lair games floating out there. as sort of like a doing business as, you know, PDF print on demand thing. For a while, we published this game called Spellcraft and Swordplay. Um, I said, but if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to kickstart it. We're going to traditionally publish it. We're going to get into distribution. We're going to make and he's like, I have no problem with that. Let's do it. So I, the rest is kind of history. We put together this game and it's it's a toolkit game. Um, Tim's and my DNA is all over it. If you like the stuff that we did for Eden Studios, you're going to love it. If you like the old school stuff that we've done, you're going to love it. It uses familiar mechanics, uh, the same six ability scores that everybody who plays OGL games is familiar with. Strength, Dex, Con, Intelligence, Wisdom, Charisma. It uses classes and levels. Uh, it uses three basic mechanics the attribute checks and the combat. There's a D20 uh, mechanic. You roll a D20 plus your ability bonus plus other bonuses. You try to get 20 or better. The class abilities, including spell casting, all use percentile dice in it. So anytime, like a, uh, uh, a survivor trying to move silently, rolls percentile dice, but a witch trying to cast a spell also rolls percentile dice against her chance to cast. Uh, And then the third rule is called the rule of two. And it's been baked into old school gaming since the beginning in, in the, in the oldest versions of D and D. If you remember an elf would spot a secret door on a roll of one or two on a D six, somebody who wasn't a thief could hear noise on a one, one or two on a D six. That's the rule of two. Anytime the GM needs to figure something out that they don't have a rule for, they throw a D six or another die and look for a one or two to see if something happens. That's basically the whole system in a nutshell.
0: That sounds like a lot of games that I've run in the past, to
1: be honest. (laughs) It's it's built to be really fast playing, really intuitive. The reason we went the three mechanics is because like people who are used to unified mechanics might be taken aback a little bit by it. But the three mechanics really give you an instant benchmark on what's going on in the game at any given time. Somebody threw percentile dice. Okay, okay. Well, that's going to stop everybody going, well, can I try that? Can I try that? No, because clearly they're using a class ability. You're throwing a D20, then you're in combat. It just gives you a real easy sense of what's going on at any given time. It's just a very intuitive and fast way to play the game. As far as setting goes, yeah, it's a total toolkit. You can run everything from Cthulhu Mythos, Cosmic Horror Games, to uh, survival, dark survival horror to Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural or Lost Girl or Charmed or whatever, you know, it's any any type of modern horror or urban fantasy style game you want to run. This game can handle.
0: I've been really getting into this show on CBS called Evil the last couple of years. I think I need to
1: watch that. I have it on my Uh, watch list on Paramount Plus, and I haven't dug into it yet. I need to watch it.
0: Oh, it's so! I, I'm really like it. I really like it. And the guy who plays the priest is the guy who plays Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. yeah. yeah. And yeah. I really like him. He's a cool actor. I really like what he's doing. Today. His character is really neat. That I get into it. I'm gonna, actually at, at some point in time tonight when I'm done recording podcasts, My am planning. I think there's a new season. I'm planning to try to catch up and see where it's at. <laughs> yeah, it's, I need I need to dig into that
1: one. It's on my list, but I haven't gotten there yet.
0: But that's so. where my mind keeps on going when I when I when I'm looking at this game. Like, hey, I might be able to pull off an evil type campaign with this. Is you that absolutely the angels, can, demons. Um, <laughs> and anybody
1: anybody who's familiar with the stuff we did for like all flesh must be eaten for Eden back in the day will be familiar with the idea. We have five mini settings in the in the game. So there's no core setting for the game, but we have five mini settings and five four or five mini settings that you can use an example for where you can go with the game. One of them is actually uh the Nocturnumverse, which is a, a game that I've been running actually using the unisystem for literal decades. Twenty I'm in my 22nd year of running the game and I converted the whole thing to to night shift and and I wrote it up in the which my players are like over the moon about.
0: Oh that's cool. Hey, that's that's yeah. interesting. So now let's talk about classes real quick. So I'm curious. Sure. I, I browsed through them i I'd like to play old. Uh, uh, old, uh. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. The priest trying to stop in the exorcist stuff. That's the character I think will be fun to play. I like those kinds of movies. So
1: there are there are exorcism rules in the in the book. Oh. Um, and and one of the things about the game that's neat is that we have three levels of grit, so to speak, that you can choose to play. So you can play a gritty game that's like, you know. Uh, to to use guns as an example in the game in a gritty game if you get shot you save or die
0: <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's kind in, of reality <laughs> in, in, in,
1: in well in what we call realistic which is our normal level of play guns do massive damage but they're not save or die and then in the cinematic game a gun is just another weapon like anything else so you could pick your level of grit and you're not tied to choosing all the options of one or the other like you could have gritty hit points with cinematic firearms with you know normal exorcism rules so you can really tailor the game to the way you want to do it but the exorcism rules if you wanted to play the priestly type you would probably want to play a sage i would say a sage that sounds, character that class sounds exactly yeah. what you'd
0: so, be looking for old this, yeah the custom. sage is like
1: the sage is like you're a cult expert who has some minor spell casting abilities to bolster their occult knowledge and when you combine that with the exorcism rules you could totally yeah you would that that would be your your priestly the power of christ compels you exorcist type
0: so what are the other classes and what other options do you have for a character when you're rolling up characters in this because it looks like there was some pretty interesting one now there's also a, a knight companion that gives you even more options for. There a is the, the
1: night, the night companion. I'll talk about in a minute because that blows the doors off the game. It lets you take the game to a whole to a whole other level. We just finished kickstarting that one last year. Yeah, around uh, around November we kickstarted it. It went to press in December, started shipping in January. Yeah, I think by February the Kickstarter was done fulfilling for that one. Um, but the character classes are. The Chosen One, which is, and now I'm using these terms as just examples, like I don't have the licenses to any of these things, so none of this stuff is official. But The Chosen One would be anything from Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, to Ash from Evil Dead. Oh, I love Ash. It's the person that, by hook or crook, was born to fight evil, and they have special powers when they fight you know, so they're 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 like super hand to hand combat, and they get extra attacks and do extra damage, and have you know enhanced armor class, and they can do stunning blows and kill things outright with a single blow. So they're really your your demon fighter powerhouse.
0: Is there is there a uh, option for a chainsaw hand in there?
1: Uh, that would be just be something that you would work out. <laughs> the, the game is the game is so although. theoretically, if you really wanted to use rules for it, you could use the inventor, which we'll get to for that. Excellent. Uh, Then there's the psychic, which is self-explanatory. It's a character with psychic
0: powers.
1: (laughs) There's the sage, which we already talked about. Um, The survivor is your normal person who has seen and encountered things one too many times that they can't ignore, so they've learned certain skills to survive against the supernatural. In your typical OGL terms, their abilities are like a rogue. So mm-hmm. they have stealth abilities, sneak attack, things like that. But, but the shtick of them is that they're just your normal people who are just trying to survive in a world where everything wants them dead.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: <laughs> then there's the, survi- uh, the theosophist. The theosophist is, um, somebody who has power over ghosts and spirits. So like a necromancer in the traditional sense, not a zombie razor, but they have power over ghosts and spirits. Okay. Um, so your exorcist could also be a theosophist if you want uh-huh. to play an exorcist type. Then you have the veteran, who is your, uh, they're just somebody who's been trained to fight. They're, they're a soldier, or somebody who's been raised in a secret society of demon hunters, or there's somebody who's been trained to use weapons and armor and battle.
0: So if, if I want to do old, uh, what are their names? Dean, the brothers for the supernatural? They're veterans. <laughs> they're absolutely veterans. Yeah.
1: And then you have the witch and warlock, which is your straight up spell slinging character
0: i feel that's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> oh, there's one
1: i missed one i skipped one the, the inventor. inventor did we do the, the inventor? Inv- i skipped the inventor here and is he haha ha, that's bizarre i just noticed a mistake in my own table of contents the inventor's not listed in there it got skipped
0: oh, oh no
1: it's in the book it's just not in the <laughs> table of contents yeah so the inventor is a super scientist They create gadgets.
0: I I like that. It could be fun. You have all kinds of fun with that. So what are the gadget creation rules and stuff like that? How do you go about it? You just kind of.
1: Anybody who knows my amazing adventures game will find this very familiar because I don't, again, I talked about this before. I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. You already have an effects system in any OGL game that covers anything you want to do and it's spells. So your, your inventor gets science points and they use those science points to buy effects in in the form of purchasing spells um and then they reskin those spells as inventions so you might buy magic missile um and you might buy it so that it shoots three bolts uh you know whatever level that is and then uh you you're you're not allowed to say i use my magic missile gadget if you do by the rules it fails oh no (laughs) you have to reskin it to say, you know, this is my ion homing pistol or whatever it is that you decide to call it.
0: You got to be inventive with it. You got you, you to create something new with this. this absolutely. Idea, this yes. And, I like that. And you work with the GM.
1: So there's some things that may not be in there. Like you might want to have a, a scanner that scans for life signs.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's really no spell for that. But it's pretty much the same as, like, detect magic. It's just detecting life energy instead. So you say to the GM, I want to buy detect magic, but instead of magic, I want it to detect life signs within 10 feet, you know. And that's it. The GM says, okay, that's good, or they might modify it some way to work with their game. So it's, it's kind of a collaborative thing between the player and the GM to, to take the spell and reskin it to be the gadget that you want.
0: I like that. That's pretty neat. Now, the Companion what could you expect from the companion itself
1: so the companions um now in the core book the first thing we do in the companion, in the core book supernatural species if you want to play a vampire or a werewolf you build that creature you choose one of the witch and warlocks arcana powers in the case of a werewolf it would be shape-shifting and that becomes your your supernatural creature so it's really kind of a, a, a nebulous you can create your own build your own supernatural creature In the Night Companion, we take that to the next level and we give you some specific ones. Uh, There are Celestials or Angels. uh, Driven, which are like anything from Eric Draven from The Crow to Jason Voorhees. Uh, Just uh, somebody who died and came back from the dead with a mission. Um, Ghouls. uh, Immortals, which is anybody that can't die by normal means. It could be, you know, those guys that get their head cut off and release energy. (laughs) Or you know any any sort of creature that can't die by normal means.
0: Uh, I, have then, to, I have to get my Queen albums out for the soundtrack. Yeah, there you go. Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Then we have infernals, which are demons, uh, lycanthropes, and vampires. There are new character classes: the divine warrior, uh, the mystic martial artist, the psychic gunslinger. And the spirit rider. The spirit rider is kind of a a person who has like a mystical connection to the spirit of the land where they live. So,
0: what was the first one you mentioned? Was the
1: divine warrior.
0: What's the divine warrior? It's exactly what it sounds
1: like. It's 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 uh, a member of uh, well, uh, nominally, it would be like a member of a holy order of knights that that go out and hunt the supernatural. But they have their warriors that get their power from some divine source, be it the Judeo Christian God or Odin or whatever. They get powers from some divine source.
0: Yeah. I was thinking of a, uh, first I heard that, I thought, that sounds like a cleric to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then there's, there's now what really kicks the night companion up though, is that there's all kinds of optional rules to take the game to the next level. Um, there's alternate rules for character, for, uh, hit points, for attributes, for, uh, you can turn the game. If you don't like the three mechanic system, you can turn the game into either an all D 20 system or an all percentile system, your choice. Ooh.
0: I'm, I'm curious to know how the all-percentile system would work.
1: I, I mean, we don't really have enough time here for me to get into <laughs> all of it, but it basically just shows you how to take your D20 bonuses and convert them into percentile rolls. Okay. So it's all-percentile roll under, but it, it converts everything over. Yeah. Um, and then I did a blog on my Elf Lair Games blog showing, if you really want to, how to turn it into a dice pool system.
0: So that's if you want to throw
1: a fistful of dice and count successes, there's rules for that online. Um, so, and that's the type of stuff that the companion does. It lets you really take the game, and, and we're using the term a multiverse of mechanics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like that
1: to describe the system, and uh, which is the system's called Ogres, which stands for Old School Generic Role Playing Engine System. But we just like to say that the games are powered by ogres.
0: Are there plans for? So, are you going have you used the ogre system in other games besides this or plan to?
1: We do, yes. So, right now, I'm hard at work on our fantasy game, oh, which okay. is called Wasted Lands, the Dreaming Age. Mm-hmm. And it is going to take place on Earth millions of years ago, roughly a millennium after the stars went wrong and the old ones went to sleep. and humankind is throwing off their bonds and kind of taking control of the world and the shtick with that game is that you will play all humans obviously but you will play a warrior named odin or a sorceress named isis (sighs) or, or 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 what have you and the idea is that you're playing the original source of the myths and legends of later years so as you go through you'll pick up you, you pick up a divine archetype when you start and you'll pick up divine touchstones or powers related to your archetypes so that you are growing towards becoming this deity figure. That's kind of the shtick of the game. And all That's- the while you're, you're fighting against minions of the great old ones and trying to create a world for humanity.
0: That's an interesting an interesting concept for a fantasy game. I like that. It's very unique. It sounds like fun. <laughs> and then after
1: that, we're going to do uh, uh, a game that I've had in, planning stages for years and years and years called 12 parsecs and that's going to be our science fiction toolkit game Ooh, so, so it'll be like night shift in, in that it's a toolkit but it'll allow you to play any sort of science fiction you want and from there then we'll have you can do fantasy modern or sci-fi and the ogres any anything you want to play that's powered by ogres <laughs> you can play it.
0: You can just bring it over and then you can put the sci-fi. I, I like the idea. I've always wanted to run the uh, the Space Wizard on the side of the van campaign. Yep. And uh, I feel I need some more space stuff for that with my old D&D stuff to be able to yep. integrate. <laughs> so Now,
1: 12 parsecs is a ways off yet. We haven't even really actively started developing it yet. That's the plan in the future. I, I'm, I'm working hard on, on Wasted Lands right now between all my other work, my day job and Troll Lord games and all that stuff. So It's not coming quite as fast as I i like it too, but it's coming along.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So I'm curious to know, like you told us a little bit about your history there. with you writing, I, that's one of the things I like to talk to folks about is find out where they're coming from gaming and where they've been all these years. And I, I know that I've, I've found that a lot of the folks play a lot of the same games I've gotten into in the past and have similar trajectories. So where'd you get started and what, what got you from playing to writing?
1: So, I, I mean, It's funny, my dad was just telling somebody the other day that I've been a writer my entire life. Since (laughs) I was five years old, I was writing books. Um, But I started playing AD&D in 1979. I was five years old. Oh, wow. Um, My my uncle and his buddies played after school, and uh, I used to sit in on their games and roll dice when I was told to roll and gradually started to understand what was going on. So I've been playing D&D. I've played every edition of D&D so far. (laughs) I've enjoyed all of them except forth. Um,
0: I never played forth. I don't know I, I played it <laughs> a
1: couple I played it a couple times and it just and, and no 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 shade to the people that like it it just wasn't my it just wasn't my thing. I didn't I didn't dig it. Um I have played, oh, good Lord. I was a big Palladium fan back in the 80s. We played Palladium Fantasy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes. We loved Heroes Unlimited. That's, we played the crap out of Heroes that Unlimited. Was,
0: Heroes Unlimited um, is the game I have played probably more than any other role-playing. We had a 10-year campaign. We made our world. We were into it. We yeah. had... Like, so did you have like long lived characters in your heroes campaign? I'd like to hear about you. We did. We used to, we
1: used to, we used to meld uh, Heroes Unlimited, Ninjas and Super Spies, Mystic China, Teenage (laughs) Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Beyond the Supernatural all into one big game. That's That's exactly what we did. That's
0: exactly what we did. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: and and TMNT was, was, the big one for us because we were all fans of, I'm still a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that property. Um, So we, we played that game. That was like most of our characters were mutant animals.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was, and we had so much fun specifically. They had two adventures which was and Turtles and Turtles Go Hollywood.
0: I've got, I've got those on the shelf still to this we day. Had so, <laughs> oh, we had so much fun playing those two back-to-back.
1: Yeah. So we, we did that. And then I've played – God, I've played Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I've played almost every Star Wars game out there. I've played uh, Lord Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, um, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, and the whole World of Darkness. Obviously I've played all of Troll Lord's games. I've played all of Eden Studios games. Uh the Unisystem is actually to this day one of my go to systems.
0: No, I the probably... unisystem is that's the Eden Studios, correct? That's so, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's witchcraft,
1: Armageddon, Buffy the Vampire, Slayer, it's Angel, D10. and Army of Darkness. Yeah. It's it's just one D ten plus stat plus skill yep. and try to get a nine or a better. It's well, the simplest
0: system. Well, we're actually we're actually playing on Sunday morning. Every other Sunday morning, we're playing. Uh, All flesh must be eaten right now with that system. And nice, it's a nice system. It really it's, it's quick mm-hmm. moving. It's not overly complex. I I appreciate it. It's good. I play a character, Large Marge. She worked at the steel mill. She's the sixty <laughs> year old. Uh she's like 60 she's fifty-eight, I think, not sixty. She's not quite reached sixty, but she is uh she's the muscle of the group. She's the strongest one. She's got the, the high the high constitution, nice. whatnot. It's a fun game. <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, uh, what else have we played? Oh my god, like I've played so many games, I can't even think of all the games I've played over the years. Uh oh, Marvel Superheroes, obviously, back in the day, the face rip Marvel Superheroes, the original. We played
0: plenty of that. It was a good game. <laughs> I was see, that's my thing. I was a huge comic geek, and uh, we played Marvel Super Heroes when I played my heroes, but we always wanted to make our own comics and our own heroes, so we'd always be drawing them. And Heroes Unlimited yep. was the center of our gaming for. A long time.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, Silver Age Sentinels, the Tri-Stat Silver Age Sentinels was a great superhero game.
0: I've not, I, I've seen Really, that really around. good, I yeah. I need to check that out. What's the system like for that? I, I need um, to check that out. It's,
1: it's if I recall right, because it's been years since I played that system. I think it's Roll Under, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it's you only have three stats, Body, Mind, and Spirit.
0: Okay. And oh, that's everything not, that's, you do is yeah. off of
1: those three stats. Um, and it's just again, it's real simple. It's real straightforward. It's real easy. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I played Mutants and Masterminds, obviously.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I've played Green Rodin's Age System. Um, check
0: that one out.
1: It's interesting. It's an interesting system. It's 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 got a lot of it's if you like fiddly bits, mm-hmm. you'll like it because yeah. it's got a lot of neat stuff that go with the dice mechanics that you can generate. You know special actions that your characters do and things like that it's it's cool so yeah i mean i'm really i'm kind of all over the place
0: now you've been a lot of the stuff you've been writing lately you got the amazing adventures and um and night shift they kind of have kind of are similar in structure kind of that classic D &D use and you said that that's something you've kind of taken on and say, hey, we can do anything with just our old D&D. Could you expand on some of that a little bit? I'm curious to know because I like that idea. I think it's easier. Sure. I mean, on. I
1: think and it's and it's important to say that I don't want to say that we're expressly like an uh, uh, an OSR company um, yeah. because while we don't you know we we like the OSR Tim and I both play OSR games we're both into it we think that our game has a broader reach to like newer gamers as yes. well you don't have to be a fan of old school D&D to enjoy what night shift does but that being said as far as going back I think I've had the opinion for quite a while uh, and I know Tim agrees with me that that old school D&D has this reputation for being confusing and arcane and complex and it's not it's really not It just needed to be properly codified, I guess, and explained. And that's sort of what we're trying to do with Night Shift. We're showing you how it works at its basic level. Now, we've made some changes. Like, we don't use Vancey and magic. We use skill-based magic. But mechanically speaking, the three mechanics that power Ogres are the three mechanics that powered old-school versions of class and level games. So yeah, using the the open game license, it makes it really easy to codify that and show people just how easy it is to take that system, as it were, and build on it and do whatever you want to do. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. If you want to play science fiction, you don't need to invent a new system or new rules or new – the rules are there. It's all skinning what you have. So that's really the the – the philosophy behind it. Like we have these great rules. They're there. They're proven. They work. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Let's focus on setting and character building and concepts and let the mechanics take care of themselves.
0: All right. That's great. I, I want to, we're going to be coming up on time here real quick. So I want to, before we go, let you get a chance to tell the listeners where they can pick up the games where they can find you all online. And uh, yeah,
1: everything is at elflair.com, elflair, all one word.com. That's my website. You can buy the entire system there. Uh, you can find our, you can buy the hardcovers there. You can find our POD and PDF stuff there. You can even find our Zazzle store where you can get t-shirts and mugs and swag and stuff like that mm-hmm. on there. Like everything is is right there. We're also in distribution. So if you want to get us, if you want to support your local game store, go in and ask them. Um, I, I'm My distributor is Studio 2, and I think through Studio 2, Alliance has been carrying us. So just about any game store should be able to get the Night Shift stuff. Um, the whole game line right now is the core book, the companion. Uh, we have uh, an adventure module, which we call a night trip, called A Faustian Dilemma. There is a GM screen and GM toolkit, which also serves as basic rules that let you play the game up to level three.
0: Yeah there's also so that's one thing i want to mention real quick um there's a quick start guide that people can download so they can check it out correct this you don't have to pay anything for that right it's free yeah it's
1: it's it's an event a single adventure module with pre-generated characters and it walks you through how the how the core system works
0: and so if anybody's interested in checking it out this would probably be a great place to if you're Question. And I should say, I, I mentioned
1: Derek uh, Derek Stolting before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a good friend of ours who we work with with Eden Studios. He actually wrote the adventure module in the Quick Start rules. So, oh, okay. so f- anybody that knows us from our Eden Studios days, Derek's name is there on the, on the Quick Start. So,
0: I want to thank you for coming by. It's been a great talk. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. Any support we can get, we could really use Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.